0: Hello everyone and welcome to Flowing Backwards, this is episode 7, Uprising, oh, Ian's going to tell us all about the late 70s, about a bit of punk rock, you'll get what I mean when you hear what he says. Anyway, uh, Mr. Stephen Doyle um, appears on this recording, well his texting does anyway, because while we're recording on WhatsApp, he's messaging Ian, and it's going ping. So thank you very much for that, Mr. Stephen Doyle. We love
1: you as well. Anyway, enjoy. Hello there. Uh, we are back. We are. If there's um, a noticeable difference in sound quality, it is because obviously we are self-isolating. And um, we are speaking via the wonders of WhatsApp. So do forgive us. We would sooner communicate with you rather than not communicate with you. So um, that's that. Tonight we're going to talk about um, 1976 and obviously the uh, coming of punk and uh, what that uh, meant to me at the time and... What it means to me now, Um, first, of course, I will read you some words. And this is about man's inhumanity to goldfish. It was floating on top of the water when the householders arose. But it's only a worthless goldfish, and that's just the way that it goes. There is no emotional attachment. It was won at the fair. It has no monetary value and nobody really cares. The lifespan of the goldfish, I'm sorry to report, is through a lack of care, often very short. The children like to watch it, but the novelty wears thin. It fails to hold their attention, watching the fish swim. Sprinkle more food on the surface and see it eaten up, stuffed and constipated. Enough is enough. The lifespan of the goldfish is subject to oxygen absorbed. The job of cleaning water often gets ignored. The water has got cloudy and that's down to neglect. The fish is looking listless. What do you expect? The build-up of toxins burns it literally, causing it distress. It dies in agony the lifespan of the goldfish in the bowl is quite small flush it down the toilet it doesn't matter at all Uh, there we go all too often we treat goldfish like that and all too often uh, we treat our fellow human beings like that so let's not let's hope um as a result of um, the crisis that we're going through we come out of it kind of more caring and compassionate. Anyway, 1976. Uh, the 70s had been, in truth, much more Abigail's party than Abba the movie in that it was uh, grimly embarrassing. It was brown. It was Demis rusos rather than being spangly bright, Sunny and fun. Uh, it wasn't like that. Um, we we we'd had all this stuff—the three-day week and the strikes and uh, ineffectual governments. It was awful, and that was only going to get worse. Um, not far over the horizon is Margaret Thatcher, but a kind of cultural reset was taking place. You could you could feel it. There was a back to the roots thing through the sort of pub rock kind of thing uh cinema um which often i think leads the way before music um was throwing up some fascinating hard edge kind of things you know martin scorsese's film uh herzog and kinski i mean klaus kinski is the archetypal punk rock um superstar i suppose and then uh, Rainer Werner Fassbender, who was pummeling, you know, his films were were coming out relentlessly, and they were dealing with um, the squalid. There was no glamour in them at all. It was warts and all stuff, um, and that was fascinating, even in in the mainstream. You know, because I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna uh just talk art cinema to you you know in in the mainstream you'd got um clint eastwood in the dirty harry films that had a very hard-edged punk aesthetic uh so things were changing and as i said i was was reading um the music press regularly and picking up these little signals that you do at first they're just mentions and then there's um the sex pistols are clearly fascinating me and i'm scouring the press for mention of the sex pistols and there's a small piece in the new musical express press written i think by neil spencer with a photograph and it's a uh, uh, headline don't look over your shoulder but the sex pistols are coming and it describes a concert descending in, into, um, into chaos and disorder and, and some violence and bad temper. And uh, one of the Sex Pistols famously says, we're not into music, we're into chaos. It also mentions that they play the Stooges, no fun. I know this band is, is for me. And I I know that you know I I can I can tell I've not heard them nobody's heard them outside of of London um, and then a date is announced in Manchester at the Lesser Free Trade Hall and of course I have to be there the famous um, Lesser Free Trade Hall gig um, the most important gig in the world ever that all and sundry um if they don't claim to be there if somebody claims on their behalf they were there in fact there were a grand total of 28 people on the door that's been proved by David Nolan through the um council records and uh it's also proven that I was there because I'm filmed uh, um dancing on my own so I'm one of 28 um audience members with uh, um, the bands and the promoters, um, there's perhaps 45 people in total there. And these 45, amongst these, there's there's all these myths, you know, and I'll tell you who was there rather than sort of uh, dismissing people who weren't there. If I don't mention them, they weren't there. So who was there? Well, obviously, the Sex Pistols were there, the four Sex Pistols were there. And because it was an important gig for them to come to Manchester, Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood and Jordan were there. Obviously, the promoters were Howard DeVoto and Peter Shelley, and they met Steve Diggle there. So three of the Buzzcocks cops that were there. Bernard Sumner and Peter Hook, who went on to form... Uh, Joy Division and New Order were there. Paul Morley was there. Morrissey was there. John the Postman okay. was there, and I was there. And it, it was um, it was it was June the seventh, was it? I don't know. People know better than me when it comes to dates. Um, but it was it was a Friday night. It was a sunny Friday night. Went down bit um, Shelley's on the door um, and he points us up the stairs to where the Lesser Free Trade Hall is um, which I'd, I'd been to the Free Trade Hall hundreds of times and have no idea of, of this hall's existence anyway I go in and it's a room which perhaps holds 250 people all seated um, a smaller version of the of the main hall basically um, and there's a smattering of people and sit down, and the support act comes on. Was it Solstice? Solstice, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, and they were absolutely um, foul, they were post hippie rockers who, who played man mountains Nantucky sleigh ride uh, which was by far the best thing they played and uh, they were awful um because they were that awful and i'd been in this situation before of being excited I do, as i said i've been to see silverhead um hoping for something new a few years before this and found it was just some it was old dressed up as new so i sort of worried that the sex pistols would be just a hype they would just be a rock band in different clothes and um so be- between the between solstice finishing and the sex pistols started i actually wondered about going rescuing my friday night and getting out of there and going to the pub anyway i decided to stay and and give the sex pistols the benefit of the doubt for a few songs and i'm glad that i did because when they walked on the stage before they hit a note just the way they walked the way they looked it was a magnetic attraction they were they looked fantastic Uh, and then they started and lots of people say that it was so bad that it was good and it 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 wasn't you know that that's um that's crap um they were they were absolutely great they were very rudimentary in in the playing but they were great and what was grabbing me was they were playing songs that i knew the songs the covers that they did they're playing the who and the small faces, and stooges, and a couple of B sides, uh, the monkeys. I'm not your stepping stone, and Dave Berry's uh, don't give me no lip. These are all songs in my record collection, and 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 are relating so much to the Sex Pistols. Um, they could, they could have been my brothers. That's how I, I felt. I felt this kinship with them. Anyway, after about four songs or five songs. The, the the it was i think it was during what's what you, what yeah. uh, what you're going to do about it and um i just thought i'm not sitting in in the seat i could have barely contain myself and i got up and went to the front and danced around uh quite alone through through the rest of the gig until they went off and then as as they, they were called back on for an encore and everybody at that point rose on the feet and um And all too soon, it was over. Um, And I was off, excited, um, my mind racing. Um, Patty Smith in in her album the year before had used this phrase, the sea of possibility. And that's what the Sex Pistols were to me. It was, um, they were a key, opening a lock, opening a door. I could see a different future the potential for change was evident i was absolutely um evangelical in my going telling people about the sex pistols i remember and this this may sound glib and trite but but it's it it's a, a measure of it i went to see my grandfather who was dying of cancer in a hospice a week after and I babbled away to him about the Sex Pistols, and, and and he was, you know, he was really glad to see my enthusiasm. He didn't want us to sit there, um, you know, talking about his impending death. So so that was that's actually a very nice memory. Um, everything changed with seeing the Sex Pistols. Two weeks later, I went to um, Swansea to see the Who. At Swansea City's football ground. Now the Who, as I've said before, were a massive band for me, and also on the bill with the Who are the Alex Harvey Band, who I love, Little Feet, who I love, Streetwalkers, who I love, you know. And and then there's Widowmaker with Ariel Bender from uh, Mot the hoople you know. It it should have been it should have been great. And I went along and I found myself. um Quite detached, and I watched The Who, and they played very well, just as well as I'd seen them play. But there was a distance between us now. Seeing The Sex Pistols had made The Who old in an instant, everything had changed. Let's listen to the proof of the pudding, let's listen to The Sex Pistols 17 because i'd never heard a song like this i would never heard a song with lyrics like this before it's funny and joyful and subversive so this is the sex pistols july rolls around and the sex pistols are back in town on i think a thursday night um and this time word of mouth means that the lesser free trade Hall all is full and um people who are amongst this crowd and the second one are steve shy fanzine editor um mark smith and una baines who uh, go on and form the fall ian curtis tony wilson is there um obviously slaughter and the dogs are there and uh oh, ed banger is there and my little brother is there he goes on and forms the frantic elevators um anyway i turn up and another, a big difference this time is the bar is open there is enough people to open the bar and so i go to the bar and due to this um i do not see the buzzcocks much to my great um shame Uh, my brother saw the buzzcocks and they were his sex pistols moment if you like he was swept up in their art and the way the one note guitar solos and how concise they were um what i do see i i I come in from the bar and i see slaughter and the dogs who disgust me they are hideous um the singer wears this brown blouse and throws flour around and flounces about uh in some sort of Mick Jagger-esque parody Um, they play dreadful end of the pier glam rock they clearly haven't got a clue and they've got um, quite a large number of fans there who um, treat the whole thing as if they are um in, in a rapture of some sort of religious type, as as if Slaughter and the Dogs are uh, Donny Osmond. It is absolutely awful. The best part of the show is when um, Paul Morley, who is quite near the front of the stage, throws a, a jelly bean or something that strikes Slaughter and the Dogs singer, who has a hissy fit and demands that they won't carry on unless... His, uh, the aggressor is removed anyway absolutely dreadful and a portent of things to come it, it really got my back up because I knew they they misrepresented what was happening they were going to grab a slice of the action but they were just fakes they were forgeries it was rubbish it was rubbish the Pistols come on, and and I wasn't uh, in the mood, basically. And they played, and it was f- and it was fine, it was good, but Slaughter and the Dogs had disgusted me so much that um, that it was it didn't have the same effect as the first concert for me. Anyway, off I went. Um, still reading for any snippets about the Pistols, what was happened. Very excited when I saw they were in the recording studio with Chris Spedding. Rumours of a uh, a tour with um, some New York bands. Um, You know, I I kept in touch. I I kept in touch partly through going to the football. um, And that I encountered on, on my travels a bunch of perhaps four lads who were a bit older than me. Who were London punks in all Vivian Westwood's and Malcolm McLaren's sex shop finery? They were wearing uh, turquoise mohair jumpers and uh, tartan trousers, leather trousers, winkle pickers, and um, and and loot. They, they look fantastic, as we said. They stuck out like sore thumbs. Uh, they recognised me as a kindred spirit because I had a kind of um, a, a more down-at-heel down, uh, down at heel, um, approximation of the look. I had a pair of hideous white brothel creepers, uh, patent white brothel creepers, and an old suit of um, my dad's, the only suit my dad had ever had. He wasn't a suit person. Uh, My dad's old suit that was very ill-fitting. Anyway, recognized me. And uh, we would chat about what was going on in our respective cities. And they would fill me in with what was happening Sex Pistols wise. Um, What was happening concurrently was while I waited for the Sex Pistols was other bands uh started um that you would read about which was which was very interesting buzz cox who had um failed to see turned out to be one of the greatest bands of all time in their original incarnation with howard devoto singing um we were hearing more the ramones album was re- was released um which was sensational Absolutely sensational. It is um it is brutalist high art. Um it was fantastic. The Saints single, I'm stranded, comes out <laughs> again. One, the Saints are simply one of the best bands ever. And then the Dams New Rose beats the pistols to the punch as the first. Um, English punk record and it is a piece of genius it is a homage to the new feeling to the new sound and it is called new roles
2: See, I don't know why, I don't know why. I guess these things have gotta be. I've got a new rose, I've got a good. Guess I knew that I always would. I can't stop to mess around. I got a brand new rose in town. See the sun, see the sun it shines. Don't get too close or it open your eyes. Don't you run away that way? You can come back another day. I got a new rose, I got a good Yes, I knew that, I always would I can't stop to mess around Like a brand new rose in town I never thought this could happen to me I'm so strange, oh why should it be I don't deserve Somebody this great don't I don't know why, I don't know why I guess these things have gotta be I got a new rose, I got a good There's a you land I always would I can't stop to mess around Like a brand new rose in town
1: I still love that to this day. I still love it. Um, that's a, a sort of um sets the scene for, for what happens over then. Everything's happening terribly fast now, and, and what happens is, um, the Sex Pistols release Anarchy in the UK, uh, which is a great record. Um, but dare I say it, slightly disappointing in its conformist sound. It doesn't sound like the Sex Pistols. If you've seen the Sex Pistols at that point, you'll know what I mean. Um, the the versions we hear later on, on Spunk are much truer to what the Sex Pistols were a malcolm mclaren bless him, wanted those to be um the official releases because um they would have proved to be truly subversive they if if they had crawled their way into the system um they would have corroded some of the pomp and ridiculousness um they, they, they were great anyway anarchy comes out um A tour is announced, the Anarchy Tour, um, that looks fantastic with the Damned, the Heartbreakers containing two New York Dolls and the Clash, who are being written about a lot. Um, And then Bill Grundy happens. Now, you all know what happens on Bill Grundy. Um, The backlash from that is it makes this new movement front page news and um and anybody at all related to it it's target so the anarchy tour kicks off and i think the play at leeds um and then a whole um, like dominoes the dates start falling as they're being banned uh, and all sorts um, the damned are thrown off the tour uh which is hardly surprising because the damned were capable of stealing the sex pistol's thunder if truth uh, be told um so, but anyway they arrive at the electric circus on a thursday night in early december and it is chaos it is there is violence everywhere trying to get into the electric circus which is this old flea pit rock club which which i'm known anyway in in colliehurst surrounded by flats there is violence all over the place and but you get inside and it's full of people and um that's that's good in one way the sex pistols deserve that but it's also kind of breaks the spell, you know, because so many of these people are cunts. Um Anyway, I'll, I'll not be too... I remember... What, I'll give you an example. Um, there's so there's all people myth-making and talking and trying to be um, the one, you know, the close to the heart thing. And one person tells me that he's recently seen the Sex Pistols playing talkie and they played Small Faces' ichiku Park now unfortunate for him steve jones the sex pistols guitar player is stood next to me and i say to steve jones is this right you've played ichiku park in torquay and he says i've never been to Torquay in my life enough said the place there was there's this going on this one-upmanship had started anyway the anarchy tour because the damned were playing buzzcocks played. what was um proved to be Howard DeVoto's last ever gig with Buzzcocks. Genius. Anybody who didn't see them, I feel sorry for you. Buzzcocks were incredible. Um, And then the Clash play. And I'm hugely, hugely, hugely impressed. They're they're a bomb. Um, It turns out that they're actually the worst band of the night but that's that's not to say they weren't great. They they were. Um next on is, is Johnny Thunder's Heartbreaker. And they are immense. You know, these these guys come can, can play and they've got tunes with hooks that are really memorable, and the pistols play and it's chaos, and then we've got a uh, go home. I'm actually driving I um, had no licence, no insurance, uh, anything like that. And I um, had neglected ever to learn uh, about uh, road signs, which proves to be a, a bit of a problem because I've got a car with seven people um, in it trying to get them away from the violence. And a drive from Colliehurst to Manchester and then turn left onto Market Street when the, the, there is a no left because the building, the Arndale Centre at the time. Um, anyway, I get right up to the top of Market Street near Lewis's, and the lights which are there change, and it is like the charge of the Light Brigade coming towards me. Um, anyway, I maneuver myself onto the pavement um, outside Chelsea Girl drive along the pavement to the traffic lights, cross over on the pedestrian crossing in my motor car, past Woolworths, further along the pavement, and eventually come out at the other end of Piccadilly Gardens. Uh, You could get away with things like that in those days. Um, I was a dreadful driver. Um, I could do a podcast about my driving misadventures uh, I don't think I'd taken a driving test at that point, but um, I did take 10 in the end before before I passed. Um, hideous stories. And then I had the nerve to take a heavy goods licence shortly after that. Fortunately, I failed that and didn't go back. Anyway, uh, that was the Anarchy Tour, Bill Grundy and all that. And... It, um, it, well it wasn't no because of, because again i do get forgetful um probably two weeks later but it's a sunday night i recall uh, the pistols are back at the electric circus because um because the dates are, are, are collapsing so so i go along this time i go along on on my jack on my own and um it is a very sparsely attended um gig and i like it all the more except buzzcocks don't play um for that but it was um that was a better get. it was more relaxed and it and it, and you felt uh, better that the day trippers weren't there and the cunts weren't there um I, re- I do remember johnny rotten uh making reference away and to to that as he appeared on the stage and saying um I see. We've got rid of the tourists. Yes, he was right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, what happened next? Um, sort of generally, um, thing things things soon got crap. In in Mark Smith's to to paraphrase Mark, not paraphrasing to to phrase Mark Smith, the seventy-seven shit pile started, and and all these bands sprung up who were hopeless copyists um and it was rubbish and by july glenn matlock had been sacked from the sex pistols which meant they were never never a great band again Um, and more pointedly howard devoto left buzzcocks um not wanting to be part of this scene uh, um, going on eventually to form a prog band basically, a prog band with Attitude but magazine were undoubtedly uh, a, pro- a progressive rock band you know uh, in the interim the, the, strange, strangely enough Matlock and uh, Devoto's paths crossed and Glenn Matlock came up to Manchester uh, to approach Howard Devoto Uh, about forming a band together and they were they were in the ranch and later on they went to Jilly's and uh, I I remember seeing Howard DeVoto in the toilets in rafters a couple of weeks after this and asking him what had gone on and he um, took his hand from his penis to spread his arms out and say to me he and I are miles apart, worlds apart. Something never the twain shall meet, you know. Um, so that was and very wisely, you know, because um, it, it does turn out that Glen Mantlock, um, talented tunesmith that he was, was a bit of a wet rag and very irritating. And in that sense, one could hardly blame the pistols for sacking him. Anyway, um, I'm 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 getting uh, too far ahead because we've already we've talked about the Ramones releasing their first album and we've talked about um, the Saints' um, fantastic single. So let's let's play a track from the Ramones' first album. We'll play Fifty Third and Third, which is Dee Dee's account of his days as a rent boy, and uh, the Saints' "I'm Stranded."
3: Cause your mind's stuck in the world you're honey sucks a stupid girl Now I'm stranded on my own Stranded, far from home Come on Stranded, I'm so far from home Stranded, yeah, I'm on my own Stranded, you gotta leave me alone Cause I'm stranded Home, uh, home. Stranded far from home. Alright! Never been in a world insane. The cut is as hard as the brain. The bell love loved where does. Your baby do know how it hurts. Stranded, on your own Stranded, far from home All right Stranded, I know it's a far from home Stranded, yeah, I'm on my own Stranded, you got to feel me alone, come on Stranded so from home, it. Yeah, my
4: own,
1: You gotta alone my own, So, as I, as I say, all of a sudden, we've got all these dreadful bands and mm, i'm losing uh i'm losing hope the the clash have talked the talk very convincingly you know they've they've come across as as like uh robin hood figures and they've talked about changing everything the the system uh and then they sign a deal with CBS Records, which seems to go against the grain, and they start disappointing. Although, although the first the first LP is very very good, and it is an honest representation of the sound of the time. It's it's the it's the one mainstream record that sounds like punk sounded you can practically taste the uh amphetamine on your tongue as you listen to it and uh they really then released a couple of of brilliant singles um you know white man in the hammersmith Palais and complete control um but that was pretty much the end of it As as a punk band by the second album they um they were trying to woo america and and it was all big guitars and you know it was heavy rock and ridiculous um self-promotion as as rebels they had this ridiculous song about shooting pigeons um as if there was something clever and heroic about it the the you know that they sort of it, it was very it was rubbish and um that they, they did steady the ship and then go on to make london's call in and, and stuff and make very good records but these records were nothing to do with punk they were much more to do with any other corporate rock band they were much more like the who who of course they toured the stadiums of America with that's not punk that was not punk um so it's a that that's a symptom i'm not just picking on on the clash there's all all sorts of bands who who have jumped on this bandwagon who um who have no place on it They're, they're not trying to change anything um so there are terrible bands generation x most terrible band 999 you know there's bands who are good bands the stranglers and the vibrators but they had nothing to do with punk, you know, locally for every good band. And Manchester had some great bands. Of course, the Fall sprang up and Joy Division sprang up. But equally, you'd got the Drones and Slaughter and the Dogs, you know, it was abysmal. Um, it It was in some ways all over for me. And I think in some ways... Punk was, mm, you disagree with me. It, 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 you can't be definitive about this. But for me, punk was over and punk rock started, which is a different thing. Then it becomes a musical genre, a nice convenient label. And, uh, and, and this thing was not supposed to be about labels. This was supposed to be about fun and about changing things. That's great, <laughs> and that, and that cheer, cheers me up. But I, before before that, I was thinking about my state of mind in 1977, and um, it, it wasn't good. As, as I've said, I was as a sort of depressive personality, and I'm being treated for depression, and whilst everybody seems to be having a great deal of fun, I am not having fun. One of the things that Punk has given me, um, as as you read people's opinions, it's given me the bravery to confront um, prejudice where I see and hear it. And so in pubs, in the workplace, at football matches, I am um, constantly telling... Casual racists—the um, error of their ways—getting into arguments. It doesn't make you popular. It's right to do it, but it doesn't make you popular. And you have to be aware of that. And it co- and the emotional impact of constantly being in, in this battle was wearing wearing me down. It was it was not good, um, not good at all. And and I was I was ill and antisocial because of it, and I hated the punk hangouts. The punk hangout in Manchester um, was the Ranch, and I loathed the Ranch. I went a couple of times, and it was an extension of um, of Pips, which had been sort of Bowie Roxy posing thing since glam rock days and it was it was just a cliquey, horrible place and of course if if you are punk why would you go to a place where everybody looks the same and agrees with you that's not what you do so my friends and I were going to rock clubs uh and straight clubs and our presence would cause a frision of excitement that you could feel uh, and we would play on that and we would get into um arguments every time and altercations occasionally and we would um that was that was more punk to me but i was also going to um you know, as I say, was, I was going to cinema. That seemed more punk to me. Going, going, watching De Niro and, you know, in one of Scorsese's films was much more punk rock to me than, than watching Chelsea at the Electric Circus. And that was, no, you know, that's rubbish. Those are people who are just pretending, you know. Um, the Clash had a lot to do with that, unfortunately, because they, um, they introduced this kind of doctrine uh, about working class good and other classes not good, all this street credibility. Class had nothing to do with this thing. Class should never have come into it. But it became, um, it, it, it dumbed everything down and made everything coarse and macho and violent and and that should not have been what it was. It led um, to Gary Bushel and all his oi oi bands. It led to Screwdriver and things like that. It was it was it was crap. It was absolutely crap. Uh, of course, you know, I make it sound I make it sound like hell again. Um, there were great things happening. Great. Bands who lifted my soul, made my soul So Wire, wire. One of the most fantastic bands ever of all time. Um, the only ones who who were not a punk band, but were just a great. Band. Well, they were probably were a punk band because they weren't a punk band, if you know what I mean. Um, they refused to to be put in that box. They were absolute genius. The Slits, how even when even at their most uh, chaotic, the spirit of the Slits made your soul so, Um, Subway Sect, absolute genius. And then and then the stiff thing started. And Ian Jory, who I told you I encountered in his Kilburn the High Road days, uh, made New Boots and Panties and Sex and drug and Rock and Roll um elvis costello um came along reckless eric and it's different ways of doing things it's not all conformist it's absolutely fantastic um amazingly at some point here um iggy pop is resurrected and releases the idiot in conjunction with david bowie and it is brilliant it is like nothing he's ever done before and he for the first time he's going to tour the uk um i know it's going to sell out when it's announced because david bowie is in the band and my dad very kindly um cycles to the apollo to queue up and get tickets for me amongst uh amongst these punk rockers and glam rock types and I did appreciate it, Dad. And anyway, I, so I go. Well, I finally get to see Iggy Pop. Unfortunately, the presence of Bowie playing keyboards has attracted all these posers. And there is a mob of seven, several hundred congregated around Bowie um, screaming and baying uh, in, in absolute adoration, which is not, again... Was that punk? We weren't supposed to be doing that. The era of the star, the untouchable star, is supposed to be over. So Iggy was great, but the, but it did sort of spoil it. These poses from the ranch and and from Pips did kind of spoil it. And but it but it at least you know where you're up to when you, when you see this sort of thing. Anyway, um, the 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 one band I've not neglected to talk about there um, in in the high spots is x-ray specs who were absolutely brilliant uh, audacious uh, challenging fantastic and and when you saw them live they would blow your socks off and you couldn't help but smile polystyrene was quite simply a genius and this was their debut single, Oh Bondage, up yours.
5: Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard, but I think, Oh Bondage!
1: right we're coming coming to the end now, sort of a uh, roundup I'm sorry if I've ranted a little bit uh, and I'm and I'm sorry if I've hurt anybody's feelings that's not really uh, um, my intention um, so so do forgive me if, if I've dissed your favorite band in any way it is only music and it's uh, about opinion and my opinion is not div- definitive it is to me of course but it, it needn't be to you. Um, I'd like to thank everybody who's um, been listening in and those who have got in touch with us. It has been really, really gratifying hearing um, the response and the reaction and, and the empathy that is being felt by people to our podcasts. It makes it worthwhile for, for Phil and I. It, it really does. It's, it's absolutely great um i will continue on this theme in the in the next episode we'll kind of get into some post punk and and what goes on there in many ways a more interesting time uh I, I i think and we will get into me forming my first proper band the hamsters perhaps in the next episode but we'll take you out with the immortal buzzcocks From the Howard de era, Buscotts, and this is times up. Thank you very much.
0: I love that song I love everything that was on it so thank you very much for listening and thank you Ian for sharing that with us um, don't forget www.flowingbackwards.co.uk leave us a message or you can go on to Facebook at Flow Backwards and you can interact with us there leave a message on there put a post on there do whatever you want on there as long as it's within reason now um, the next episode, oh, you'll love it. So as soon as it goes up, it's going to be a good one. Tati bye now.